0: Woodside Church Podcast. Well, good morning to you all. It is great to have the opportunity to move to part two of our new sermon series, which we've called Church Rebooted. My name is Martin Tillett. I lead the team here at Woodside. And we really believe as a leadership team, as an eldership team, that God has been speaking to us as a people during this whole season, which has been incredibly challenging Yet in the midst of this challenge, God has been speaking, we believe, to his people. And so in this sermon series that I'm going to be leading, it's over six weeks. We did part one last week, part two today. I'm going to try and unpack to the best of my ability the things that we believe God is saying to us. Now, we don't have all the answers, but we do feel that strong prophetic sense that God is saying that we shouldn't just restart. We shouldn't just return to what church was when we stopped doing, if you like, normal church life, uh, community groups, meeting, meeting on Sundays and all the other aspects of church life. That we shouldn't just see this as a time to return just back to where we finished. But actually, we should see this as a time to reboot. As it were, to ask ourselves, what are the fundamentals that we see in New Testament Christianity that God wants us to grab hold of again or maybe grab hold of for the first time and apply them to the life of Woodside Church? And that's what we're going to be doing. And so this sermon series is just really the beginning of that process where I will seek to uh, present principles that we see in Scripture, but we also feel God is underlying prophetically that he wants us to explore and uh, see how he wants to lead us as a people together. So Church Rebooted, that's why we've called it that. And we trust that we are in that season, we're on a path to emerging, as it were, from lockdown properly, where we can return back to some sort of normality, but we see this as something fresh that God has for us. We have found particularly helpful the... Uh, the chapter in Ephesians, chapter four, uh, or the uh, big section of that, uh, and it's where it talks about that their, there their are leaders, apostles, prophets, uh, pastor, teachers, evangelists. But their role is to do something very specifically. Their role is to equip the church to be apostolic, to be prophetic, to be spirit filled people, to be evangelistic, to be those that pastor and teach one another. And so, yes, God does raise up leaders, but actually their role is to release the body. And we really feel that emphasis just hasn't been strong enough in who we are as a people. And we want to do all that we can to release the body with, with all its talent and its and its gifting to really fly into all that God's called you and I to be. And as we do that together, we read in scripture in that. those verses in Ephesians 4 that we then grow and mature together as each part of the body as Christ's body does its work so that's what we're going to be doing in fact I'm going to be using those areas those ministries of apostles prophets pastor teachers and evangelists to really unpack well what does it mean for to be equipped in those areas as a people together and so Today, we're going to be looking at being an evangelistic people. What does it mean for us to be an evangelistic people? Let's look at this with fresh eyes. This is God's plan that we all would be an evangelistic people, not the ones and twos, not those which seem to particularly have a half of the lost. No, no, Jesus said, I'd go, Jesus said to all of us, go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say some of you go and make disciples. His vision was that there would be disciples of Jesus that made more disciples. We're excited by that. We believe God has that for us amongst many other things as the body is released and equipped and raised off and raised up and is really uh, empowered to be all that the body is called to be. But today we look at being an evangelistic people. Of course, everything we're looking at flows out of the life of Jesus and the calling of Jesus. These are ministries that that Jesus gives. And and all of this is flowing from who he was and who he, he is. Very key verse in Luke 19 when Jesus summed it up this way speaking of himself, he said these words For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek. And save the lost. This is so central, so fundamental to the vision of Jesus for His calling, but also the vision for us together. And I'd like to read uh, another section from Luke ten, which is which is what's going to be the central text for what we're looking at today, and really pull some principles out for what it means for us to be a body that is an evangelistic people. Luke ten is a famous story let me read it to you and then we'll just pull out some key principles for us at this time Luke 10 verse 1 says this after this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go he told them the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace or other Uh, Translations say, or someone who is a person of peace. If that person is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. And if I just jump to verse 17, which is when the 72 returned, we read these words. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name." Now, I could spend a a long time uh, looking at these verses and unpacking them. In fact, I'm sure we will get opportunity to explore these principles uh, in many different ways as we look at how we equip one another in this area. But let me just land a number of principles for us, which I have found so helpful over the years. And God has really brought back to my attention once again. In fact, I mentioned last week that I, it was uh, when God gave me a prophetic dream just a few months ago. Uh, this was part of the verses that he said, you must preach on these things. Uh, so, so this is I'm, I'm, I'm being obedient, uh, but I really feel that what I've seen God do in the past and what I believe he wants to do in the future and in the present, I believe are, these verses are key. To all that he has for us in this area of being an evangelistic people. So principle number one is this: This is about everybody. These verses is about everybody. Just before. Uh, in fact, the previous chapter, uh, we hear the sending or we hear describe the sending of the 12 disciples. And suddenly a chapter on, we see this uh, story of the sending of 72 others. They're, they're, they're people we've never heard of. Their names are not even recorded. But actually, the vision and the mission that Jesus gives to the 72 is almost identical to the sending of the 12 see what Jesus is illustrating here is is not that it's just about 72 this is suddenly a commission that is for everybody which of course when we look at Ephesians 4 we see that that we are all to be equipped to be an evangelistic people so this is about everyone everyone being used by God in this way the second principle is this there needs to be a journey to faith there needs to be a journey to faith for us for this those verses when when Jesus said the harvest is plentiful now I mean just imagine how many times have you and I heard people preach and teach and reference those verses. I mean, I, I, I couldn't count. I've lost count how many times I've heard those verses. But the question is, is do we really believe them? Do we believe them? Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful. Now, when you get into these verses, you'll notice that actually the first thing that Jesus said following that proclamation that the harvest is plentiful he said this ask the lord of the harvest for workers in other words pray to god you see the first place we find faith is with god if you're if you're thinking uh, martin i've heard this all before and and the ha- i can't see the harvest is plentiful if you're thinking, I, I have tried this before, I have I've fished before on, on this side of the boat and I'm not sure if I can fish again in the other side. I just want to encourage us all that this, we find faith for this with God. As we turn to him, we find faith in God. So the first thing Jesus says is, Ask the Lord of the harvest for workers. And then, of course, the answer to the prayer was they were to be the workers. But prayer and connection with God is so, so important as we approach this, particularly if you've heard these verses before. And you've got to a place maybe of disappointment when you've tried and felt that there's been a pushback. And you've wondered, can I believe those words? Ask the Lord of the harvest for workers. So we start with prayer. But please note that during their experience, they become completely convinced that the harvest really is plentiful. So they begin uh, believing enough to go again. And that's where we need to be, believing to trust God to go again and believe that he's speaking to us now about these verses. But verse 17 is when they've experienced Uh, what God wants to do in and through their obedience verse 17 says this the 72 returned with joy they'd seen God breaking they'd seen people set free they'd seen the hill so the sick healed and they'd seen the kingdom of God proclaim and advance see you will and i will get to a place where where we share more and more stories i believe where we see god has broken in and we rejoice in all that we see we got to go on that journey of faith third principle is this this is about working in team jesus sent 72 but he sent them in twos and throughout the the new testament is this principle that we are a community of believers So often we apply like an individualistic approach to how we express Christianity. And this is another example of how we can do that and make the mistake. So when we think about evangelism or witnessing, we think or think about the the analogy of uh fishing being fishes of men and women we think like an individual angler and jesus had never seen an angler in his life Uh, his reference point was a, a community that used to fish together and so there is team represented here this is about us working together it may be our community groups it may be with another friend in the church but it's not me on my own it's finding ways that we partner together you need to understand that when we are together there is something powerful in how we present God to others. John in in his first letter in 1 John 4 uh, verse uh, 11 he says this dear friends since God so loved us we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. He's talking about unbelievers. He's saying no one has ever seen God but if we love one another God lives in us And his love is made complete in us. In other words, when we partner together in team and we do that on mission and we connect with with those that don't know Jesus yet. And they see the love that we have for one another, what it means and how God was working in our lives that has massive effect on people around us someone put it this way people need to see and experience love god's love in order to consider it and believe it number four the gospel moves through existing relationships the gospel moves through existing relationships in these verses um Jesus talks about going to every town and every place where he was about to go he then talks about uh finding a person of peace and what jesus is underlining here is that the gospel works through existing relationships see evangelism isn't really about door knocking or street work i'm not saying that's wrong to do But actually evangelism is about sharing the love of God with someone that you know and doing it with your friend. And Jesus describes these two areas. He talks about the town and the person of peace. You see, the town or the village or the place, that was where everyone's life was centered around. But of course, things have changed now. And it may be the case that your neighbourhood and your local community is where all of your relationships are connected. But actually, for many of us, the town or the village or the place isn't our place that we live. It may be the place that we work. Or it may be a particular, an ethnic group that we, we connect well with. Or maybe someone that we have a common interest in or with. Or it may be a particular cause that we're passionate about. These are the new towns. These are the new villages, the new places where relationships are formed. It used to be just in a a locality, but it can be, but it's often in other places too. It may be for you, the friends that you know in in the gym that you attend. It may be because you have a Big heart for the disadvantaged and you're connecting with people who are more disadvantaged. And that becomes the town or the village that you're working within, the the relationships that you're connecting with. It could be your place of work. It could be what God's doing through you in your place of work. And so there's a town, there's a place, there's a a broader uh, context. uh, And there's affinity groups that, that we can identify. I know and know and Sunu, wonderful story just when they, they began to reach out, reach out to the Malayalam speaking community and they saw many people saved. That would be a great example of what I'm talking about. Even what we do with the youth work, that's an affinity group, that's a particular group, a particular town, village that we're reaching out to. And for many of us, probably there are those things that we need to consider. But also Jesus talks about finding a person of peace. Now, a person of peace isn't as complicated as we think it is. A person of peace, in my experience, is someone who's open to us, open to God often, but sometimes just open to us on a deeper level than maybe others might be. Begin to ask questions that, that are more than surface, really open to you and open ultimately to God and things of God. And sometimes it can take some while to to identify who are the people that god is opening up god is bringing to our hearts and this is such important that we we partner with the holy spirit in this that that often we can think that, that to operate in the supernatural is something that we do on sundays or in our community groups well yes I, I, of course it is but actually we partner with the spirit in every context of our lives particularly on mission we're we're, we're saying Lord where is your peace resting and we're looking for what God is doing in someone's life there's more we could say on that and as I say we will get opportunity to do that, that I'm sure let me give you a, a quick example of where I've seen this work in, 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 a, in a place, in a business context. This was uh, when Dawn and I were in St Neitz, and I could give you many similar stories, but let me give you this one because it's a it's a really helpful story. This is a lady called Becky Gilbert. Becky is a vet and she works at a vet's pat, uh, practice in St Neitz, or something she used to. And uh, a friend bought her cat and the friend was from the church. And uh, there was a connection and, 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 a, and a real understanding that, that one of her colleagues, a lady called Rachel, saw in these two people, Becky, Becky Gilbert and this other lady from the church. So much so that Rachel began to ask Becky questions about how do you know this person. She explained, well, we go to the same church? And then one question, I don't know how quickly it happened, but after a while that Becky was so interested, she began attending the church. Uh, sorry Rachel was so interested that she started to attend Becky's church and wonderfully if I cut the, the timeline shorter Rachel got saved because Rachel got saved someone else who worked in the vets a lady called Jen was so impacted that Jen started asking questions and she got saved and then Jen and a lad called Jason were good friends in fact Jason liked Jen I think and so Jason started attending church and then Jason got saved now, Jason had a friend called Michael who used to play football and I used to play football with him as well a long time ago. And Michael got interested in what happened to Jason and Jen. So Michael came to church and Michael got saved. And there was another lady called Anna and I don't know if she got saved or not. But there was there was like one, two, three, five different people that were impacted. There's something about finding the personal peace. But Jesus says, stay with that person because behind every person is someone else that God is. Is seeking to reach God works through existing relationships it's wonderful and God has this force let me just land this uh, at this moment see this text and i believe with my whole heart this is for us this is about everybody everybody being equipped everybody being released to be an evangelistic person to be a a person that god is going to use uh, to make disciples and we've got lots we need to learn and we've spent time unpacking this i'm sure but this is about everybody But I do recognise that there needs to be a journey of faith. And some of us, we need to just recognise that we're not completely convinced that the harvest is plentiful. I applaud you, come to God. Come to him first. Get faith from encountering God, who is the creator of all things. And then let's go on a journey together and our faith will grow together. Let's work in team. Let's not think individually. Let's work in team together, whether it's your community group, whether it's some of you within your group, or maybe it's others of you that are connected across the church. We often use the phrase, Dawn and I, how can I make your friends, my friends, your friends, my friends, so, so I can become to, to get to know and serve and, and we bring the benefit of all those gifts working together. We must recognise that the gospel moves through existing relationships. It's how, how Jesus illustrates it here, through towns and villages, through affinity groups. And for us, in our context, that the world has, has evolved, but those principles remain the same. It might be your place of work, it might be friends in the gym, it might be working in the youth, it might be working with the disadvantaged, it might be working in your neighbourhood. But god wants to open up those things to us and see them with eyes of faith and then within that begin to identify who is he working with who of our friends of our family of our work colleagues or the mums we may see on the playground who is opening up to us in a way that makes us think oh i need to partner with this person i need to invest in this person this relationship particularly god is working there's a connection and commit to walking with that person on their journey which may take many years. That's what love looks like sometimes. It means committing to someone. It means not rushing in and and getting the Bible out and going bang, bang, bang. No, no, this is investing and sharing love. As someone has said, sometimes it's about loving the person in front of you that God is drawing you to, but be responsive as the spirit prompts, as the spirit leads us to a place where we pray for the sick, to a place where we share our heart and our understanding of jesus and we see god move in that person's life and then the story continues because we stay with that person and we see many people i believe come to faith as a result there is so so much more that i would want to say at this point but there will be opportunity to do that so folks please pray this in let's catch hold of what god is saying to us there'll be part three next week i look forward to sharing more with you then for now god bless you And thank you so much. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.